This is your host, Tammy Turner, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they've all made their mark on the Disney name. To find out more about the show and other episodes, head to our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Be sure to look below at the show notes in the show more section for links to our Twitter and Facebook pages, including videos and websites mentioned in the following interview. Photos and audio clips that are featured in the show belong to their rightful owners and are used for educational purposes only. All guests' opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop-de-doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tiara Talk Show guest, actor Steve Vinovich, to the show. Welcome, Steve. Well, thank you, Tam. It's good to be here. <laughs> now let's talk about one of your first roles for the Disney Company is Dr. Novos in The Santa Claus. So you worked with Tim Allen, who plays Scott Calvin, a divorced dad, who is turning into Santa Claus after accidentally killing the original Santa Claus. Sounds like a scary movie, but it's not, people. It's a Disney Disney movie. <laughs> But what was and it? it's a classic now. If you haven't seen it, my gosh, where are you at Christmas time? But uh, Disney Channel and ABC every Christmas. It usually plays uh, on loop in my house. So <laughs> there you go. It, it, it's uh, in fact that scene, the scene I did with Tim, is this, that was the scene they all showed on all of the uh, when he went on the Tonight Show and all of that. It was the they would promo it with that with our scene, uh, which was uh, really kind of cool, you know. Because uh, in the movie, that's the first time he really starts looking like Santa Claus, and uh, it's, it's a it's a great little scene actually. It's uh, it's uh, it's cool. And uh, when I went up to shoot, I'll tell you the story of this whole thing if you want. They were shooting in Canada, and I got up there, and it was late in the shoot. In fact, I think it was the last week. Actually, they'd been shooting for you know quite a while, eight weeks maybe. I got up there and my shoot was late at night, so I, I come in and uh, uh, and they want to run the scene uh, before we get ready because Tim hated being in the fat suit. They put on they put all this stuff on his face. They put on the wig. They put on the fat suit, and it wasn't air conditioned, so he would sweat like crazy. And he'd been doing this for a long time, and it was near the end of the shoot, and he hated being in the fat suit. So uh, we started. We we got together to rehearse the scene before he went into all of that and uh the director says okay let's go and then tim says my line i think he's goofing and i laugh and then just start again okay and then he says my line again i said well wait a minute that's my line and the director says oh you didn't get the rewrites oh no <laughs> i went ah no don't would give me the rewrites so they, somebody finally comes up with a, the script, and they've rewritten the scene. And I'm supposed to shoot it, and thank God, though it took about an hour and a half to get Tim into his outfit, so I had time to learn it. But immediately I was like, oh, for God's sake, you know, here we go. So we get on, and the scene uh, goes well. However, it turns out 
this uh, there there's a documentary on uh, it's usually on I think it's on TCM or maybe it's on Fox or one of those. There's a documentary that shows every Christmas about or TBS I think it's on TBS about the making of the Santa Claus. Now that it's kind of become a classic, well it turns out Tim had had it. Uh, he got angry. This was, I, I was oblivious. Totally had no idea this was going on. But apparently it was a big rift. He got mad at the director. He really threw a fit. And they've worked together forever. I mean, the director, they're still working together. He, the guy directs his, his new TV show. But apparently I must have missed it because I must have been off at my learning my lines. So I'm walking around like a total idiot, not knowing there's any problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's furious. Uh, at one point, uh, when he's running on the treadmill, the director said, now watch this, you'll see Tim trying to get me to come over to turn the machine off sooner because it's so hot at his thing, and I'm like, you know, I'm just doing the scene. I don't know this is going on. But it, if you see the thing, he's kind of like shaking his head, get over here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> So it was an, an interesting scene in many ways, and here's the scene that he hated the most doing on the movie because he was miserable being in this suit. And it turned out to be pro possibly the best scene in the film. That's the scene they use for all the promos and everything else. And uh, But it was so well done, um, cast well. All of the people were just so great in it. I mean, the cast was really perfect. The little elf girl, she was just incredible. And the, and the elf boy, he was brilliant. And, and the show, it was really done well. Uh, and then it turns out to be this thing, the classic. So you just don't know. So that was my uh, one of my first, I think. Then I, I did do uh, Home Improvement later with Tim. We did, uh, did he recognize you at the table, Reed? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did, actually. Yeah. More fond memories <laughs> this time, though, around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you say, I had my lines down this time? <laughs> <laughs> What was it like filming that in front of a live audience? Have you you've done you've done Broadway before? Oh, I've done so a lot of sitcoms. You've been in front and, of uh, yeah, a lot of that. So that was that no surprise. They're, they're fun. It's like doing a little one act play, basically. You got your audience, and you, sometimes you just go through once, and then they'll do pickups if uh, they missed a shot or something. They'll go back and do pickups with the audience, and they all and usually with the audience they have a stand up comic who warms them up for you, and then you're introduced to. Uh, to the audience, the cast, uh, usually afterwards. And yeah, you shoot it, it takes, it, some of them can take just a couple of hours, but Home Improvement, I was, I think it's last season, so they were a well-polished machine by the time I got there, so there was no, don't really remember much about it, it was pretty, uh, you know, we did it, fairly easy and uh, fun. There was a, you also, you played a principal this time on Hannah Montana. I think oh, yes, yeah, so I episodes. played the principal of the school. Yeah, I did two episodes, and then they told me I was going to be recurring as the principal. Whenever they do a school thing with the principal, it would be me. And then they announced they were going to, that was it. That was the last year of the show. I was supposed to do one more episode. The show was such a big hit, so all of these movie stars were calling, asking to be on the show, because their kids were these huge fans of Hannah Montana. They told me, well, oh, yeah, you've got another episode coming up, and then it never happened. And a buddy of mine said, said Ray Liotta had called. <laughs> Daughter was a fan of the show, and he ended up doing my part. But it was a fun show to do. Uh, I knew the all the uh, 
guys running it, when I first started in, in Hollywood, did actually the pilot of uh, Perfect Strangers. The director and a lot of the writers of those shows were the people working on Hannah Montana. So I hadn't seen them in years. It was like 20, 30 years later since we did those things. And it was kind of fun because they're a fun group. They write funny stuff and, and they're real fun to work for. One of my favorite TV behind the scenes movies was Surviving Gilgan's Island. Uh, I have it oh, on VHS yeah. tape. And you are an amazing Jim Backus. My I, God. I did, I did Jim Backus. Yes, I did. It was my man. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, I'd always been a fan of his. I loved Mr. Magoo. My dad and I just thought those were so funny when we when, when I grew up. And we'd go to the movies and they'd show Mr. Magoo things. And I never got to meet the man, but uh, I felt really honored to be able to play him in this uh, in this uh, TV movie. And then when we did the read for the film, they had everybody there reading through the script. And there's Bob Fender, television history, sitting there. Uh, and we're playing the uh, young, you know, the young versions of them. And then uh, Dwayne uh, Der- Dwayne Hickman was there. Now Dwayne Hickman was an actor who was on uh, the affairs of Dobie Gillis, uh, which was an early television sitcom. And he was also the co-star of the Bob Cummings show. He played his nephew, and was wonderful in both. And he was there playing a part of uh, another part of TV history. So it was uh, that was cool. Were there a lot of deleted scenes? Because it seemed like there was only, you know, three years is a long time to cover in a small, like, hour-and-a-half film. So were there any deleted scenes? No, this that was pretty much the screenplay. I don't think they really lost much. Uh, but it was such a treat to shoot that movie because everybody was treating us like we were them. That's I really mean, cool. people who would come up, you know, were, were treating us like we were the original people from Gilligan's Island and so many people loved that show and it was a very nice sexy TV movie that's one uh, if you ever pops up again uh, you should catch it it was uh, very sweet I still have my uh, VHS copy (laughs) 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 I love watching I know I think the whole thing is actually on YouTube so if I can I'll link it below uh, in the show notes uh, for people who are watching this on YouTube Steve does an amazing job amazing Jim Backus impression and it's just great and I love this scene where uh, it's Jim Backus and Alan Hale Jr., who are facing off in the in, with uh, with a golf. Oh, we're golfing, <laughs> yes. We're, we're golfing, having our golf down, yes. <laughs> that was great. That's a look on your faces when the cop comes by and says, "Who who hit this golf ball? <laughs> it smashed through somebody's shield." <laughs> Car well, shield. Well, actually, in one of the first shots, which wasn't shown, I did. I <laughs> I whoops my shot. Uh, to the left, and it went into a parking lot. Hit this guy's classic, a classic car that oh he had rented for, for a period. She, yes, and I put a dent in it. Oh no! He, uh, he was very <laughs> sweet, and he just had me sign the golf ball. Did you watch? Let's see, you're right about the right age, but did you ever watch the Swan Princess? I was actually just you are. You must know my questions because that was my next question. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I, I had figured since you were yeah, animation. Oh. I love. Well, I cannot. I I couldn't end this interview without mentioning your role as Puffin in the Swan Princess. There there were some kids in the '90s who loved the Lion King, and there were some who loved the Swan Princess because they were both back to back in the movie theaters. And I yes, they loved were. same year, Swan yeah. Princess. And well, the Swan Princess was the first girl Swan, really. It was with a girl lead. 
Yes. So, so many uh, uh, younger women come up to me now uh, who'd seen the thing, and we, I mean, they'd watched it 80 times. You know, they knew the, knew it better than I did, for God's sake. Uh, <laughs> and you've come back. You're the only uh, actor who has come back to voice the character over and over for all the sequels so far. Especially, uh, I think so. Yeah. Well, Michelle. Oh, now that was. Yeah, the original voice of Odette, Michelle. I think I'm saying her last name wrong. I think it's Nestrasso, but she passed away due to cancer and could not continue when they made the newer revival films that are, are that are digitally animated now. That's right. I th- and actually, I think we did another one about a year and a half ago for a Christmas one. There was one that came out in 2012, which was a Christmas one, and then there was one with uh, Odette and Derek, who are now want to have kids, but they adopt this little girl whose father passes away, and that came out this year, apparently. I don't know if they're going to make any more. I think they are. I, uh, <laughs> nope. if, uh, I don't know either, but I think they have one more, maybe one more planned. Uh uh, if there keeps being a market for it, God knows that they will, yeah. And you can sing. Uh, you sing as Puffin. You're the only person besides Sandy Duncan in the first one that sings for your own character. True, yeah. In fact, they had another song I liked even better. We recorded it, and then they, they changed it. They wrote a they wrote a, they wrote the one I ended up doing in the movie. But I was so excited because I'm supposed to work with John Cleese, who is a god to me. He was on Balsy <laughs> Towers and Monty Python. He was on the original Monty Python numbers. And Stephen Wright, who was a hysterical comedian, just very dry, very flat, but very funny. And he uh, playing the other two characters. So I went to Warner Brothers at the soundstage thinking, my God, I'm working with John Cleese and Stephen Wright. And I walk into the soundstage to record, and nobody's there. I'm, I mean, they're there, but I mean, John Cleese and Stephen Wright aren't there, and it's just me. And they film you while you're recording. Uh, which they show to the animators, and the animators take some of your movements and stuff and use them for the character, apparently, and facial expressions to use for the characters. And uh, it turns out this is how it's usually done. You do it by yourself. Uh, Stephen, I was in Los Angeles. Stephen Wright recorded his in New York, and John Cleese recorded his in England. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd never met any of them. There, there was no opening night for the film, like a big uh, premiere party? There was a big premiere, but they weren't there because uh, Cleese lives in England and Wright lives in New York, and it was in they, they had a premiere in, uh, in L.A., actually. And I went to that, uh, saw a couple of the people who were there, uh, who were in it, Liz Calloway, who did the singing, and Dick Matthews, who did the king. And, uh, but no, they were not there. They were not there for the, for the opening. This isn't always the case, because my friend Ernie Sabella and Nathan Lane, they did all the, their Lion King stuff together. Simone and Plumba, they work together on the mics. Uh, but a lot of the time they do these things, you record it all by yourself. I think you capture a sense of magic when you have two actors in the same room who are playing buddy characters recording roles together. But to end our interview, I always ask my guests on the, who come on the show to answer three questions, which I call the Fab Three questions. They're the Donald, Alrighty. Goofy, and Mickey questions. So the Donald one is, as a child, what Disney film would you always like to watch over and over again? Oh, Cinderella. Love Cinderella. Gus Gus was just... Aww. Love Gus Gus. <laughs> Gus is adorable. I never see him in the parks. I always want to see him in the parks as like a meet and greet character, but he's yeah, a yeah. mouse. Gus Gus. Yeah, Cinderella. Uh, Peter Pan was big. I dressed like Peter Pan. Loved Captain Hook. In fact, 
Hans Conrad, nobody's topped that performance. Oh, Hans my goodness. Loved, loved it. And our goofy question is, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? <laughs> wow. Holy cow. This, this seems to be the tough one of all three, though. Everybody that, that loves it. because there's so many characters. <laughs> I, I know, mean, right? So many characters. <laughs> my Lord. Uh, Disney character would be my best friend who... Who's, you know, oh my God, that includes animation and non-animation. Uh, well, if you want to, if you want to, uh, if you want to differentiate between them, you could say this animated character and this live-action character, if you want to. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, golly, oh, that's this is a tough one. This is a, who would be my best friend? Wow, well, I love Gus Gus. I can't really come up with a real answer. I always wanted to be on Spin and Marty. You love like Schmee. You love Gus Gus. And then the last, of course, Robin Williams, God bless his soul, uh, uh, was genius. In the, in the wow. Line. Yeah, that was, and it was great to, I don't know if you've seen the, the, uh, the uh, one of the sequels to Aladdin. <laughs> uh, there's a third one where Aladdin and Jasmine get married and he looks for his father. Robin Williams came back to voice the genie oh, he, for that he one. Oh, he did. He came back to the genie in that one. It's oh, worth my God. to check How it cool. out just for the genie. Because, just for that. Yeah, yes, watch him roll. Yeah. <laughs> And they like it when you ad-lib. And, of course, he would ad-lib all over the place. Uh, But they like it when you throw stuff in. They put Mrs. Doubtfire and Forrest Gump in there. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful. He was a sweet man. We were at Juilliard at the same time uh, years ago. Uh, Really? Very nice man. Uh, Sweet, sweet soul. Hard worker. Uh, Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Uh, And you were in Awakenings with him as well. I was. I, I, we did two things. We did a TV movie called Seize the Day, which is very strange, which uh, uh, from a Saul Bellow short story we did. Uh, it was on PBS movie. And then later was Awakenings. We did away uh, with Robert De Niro and uh, and uh, Robin. And I, mo- all my scenes were with, basically, with, well, most of my scenes were with Robin. We were... Uh, Working on which is that was a lovely movie. Actually, there were a lot of scenes in that that were not a film because they were running way over budget and they had to kind of shut it down. So there were other scenes that didn't actually get filmed in that film movie. Um, It's a hard movie to get through, but it's it's very it's wonderful to see Robin react with Robert De Niro. I think that 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 character development is just amazing in that film. Yeah, and well, the story is amazing. Oh my gosh! Yes. That's, I mean, it's like mind-boggling. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we worked together a couple of times over the years. And he was, uh, and I knew Chris Reeve, and Robin and Chris were really good friends. And I uh, ran into them. Chris opened a show at Circle Square in New York, uh, New York Theater. And opening night, uh, I was there, and Robin and I and Chris were all chowing down together afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice. In fact, Chris... Uh, before he was Superman, we I was out doing a show at uh, a musical called The Robert Bridegroom in L.A., and Chris came out, and he uh, had just gotten his pilot's license for his small plane, and he wanted to know if I wanted to go flying with him, so I did, and he took me out, and he was, he was still very new to it. He was very nervous and had to keep on... He had to keep on putting up, oh, this is X, Y, C, flying, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but uh, uh, so I flew with Superman. Later, he flew all over the place. He became quite. Uh, he flew across country with the thing. He, he was. This was his early pilot days, and he was nervous, and therefore I was nervous. 
but I did fly with Superman. Well, do you have any other new projects you'd like to tell our listeners about? What should we look forward well, to see uh, you in? <laughs> at the moment, uh, I just did uh, All the Way with Brian Cranston on Broadway, the play about LBJ. Then I understudied Brian. I was, oh my God, it was huge role, three hours long. Uh, and he's practically never off stage and never stops talking. So that was a tough one to learn. And that's hard uh, to understand. It's hard to understudy a big actor like that. The show. Oh my God! Well, I, I never ended up going. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian, and I have actually been friends for twenty-five years. We did a short-lived series in '88 together called Raising Miranda, wow. and we stayed friends. And he's just the greatest guy in the world. Uh, but he told me first day he says, "You're not going on." He would have crawled through fire to get on. And it was a star vehicle. They were coming to see. They weren't coming to see the play. They were coming to see Brian Cranston. Uh, it ends up we ended up winning best play of the year. But ninety nine percent of the people there were there to see him. Mm-hmm. So had he gotten the, he really owed it to them to be there. About three weeks before we closed, he started losing his voice uh, one weekend, and I went right back to my script and started working on it uh, just in case. But then he had a day off. He was fine. Then. Uh, but I kind of—I still want to do it. Uh, I'm looking at local productions out there in in America uh, uh, when they come up because I still—I worked on that part seven months and I still want to do it. So I'll do it somewhere down the road. I, I would love to see you in uh, the play version of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I think they should revive that and bring it to Broadway again. Man, I I love that's one of my favorite books actually. Me too. I read all the time. That's one of my favorite books of all time. What a great book. And, yeah, I love that play. Uh, love the book, love the play, love the movie. But, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest. Who would be uh, your favorite character? Who would be the most ideal character you'd love to play? Well, of course, like Murphy, but I'm a little past that. Um, <laughs> as was Kirk Douglas. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Steve. This has been well, a lot of fun. Well, thank you, Cam. This was fun. Oh, this wait, was we'll, fun. We'll have to do this again, and I, I will have Santa Claus on loop. And when I see you, I will make sure my attention is full on the screen. <laughs> All righty. It's a date. <laughs> Take care, Debbie. <laughs>